When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hello and welcome to the New Abnormal special bonus episode. We're so excited to have you. Today we have a very special guest with Barbara Reese, who's a longtime executive in Trump's real estate company. And today she's going to talk about the Donald Trump that she knew. Hi, Barbara. Thank you so much for joining us. My pleasure. Talk to me about what your job was at the Trump Organization. Okay, well, yeah, I talk about my book, 18 Years, um, kind of like how I worked for him for 18 years and what he reveals about him. I worked for HRH Construction, um, the first two of those 18 years, building the Grand Hyatt Hotel uh, with um, Donald was the developer and the person in charge. So I got to know him there, and that's where he... Um, found me and invited me to be in charge of construction at Trump Tower. So in 1980, I went to the Trump Organization as a vice president in charge of construction of Trump Tower. And I worked on that project for about four years, uh, and it was finishing up. I decided I should leave because he didn't have anything uh, big in the, in the pipeline, and uh, I didn't want to hang around and just, you know, do a few tenant spaces after I had built that whole thing. So I left, I went to work for Arts Mountain, and I came back uh, to two years or so later, and I worked from um, 86 or 87 to 91 as executive VP in charge of all development and construction. And one of the things we were doing was working with uh, some foreign and other American partners on a project in California. So uh, when I left the uh, physically the organization, I remained on as a consultant, and I still carried the Trump card, and I was on that project uh, for about six, seven years. You talk a lot about you wrote this book because you really believe that Trump shouldn't be have another term. And okay, well, in my book *Tower of Lies*, I uh, I talk about a lot of different things that have not come out in the public. Primarily uh, because uh, I know them and only I know them. Uh, I mean, things that how we behaved in, in, in meetings and, and uh, in conversations with me and things like that. One of the big things is probably his racism. I know people call him racist and, um, you know, they cite examples, but in my book I talk about um, some things that he actually said to me that have not ever been published. One of them would be um, we had a man working on uh, grinding the concrete on the second floor of Trump Tower, and you could see the, the, the man from the street and from the nearby buildings, and he was a black man. And uh, it was after normal working hours, so it was just him out on the project, you know, on the site. And uh, he called me in and uh, one of the people from the construction company and said he'd never want to see that again. I don't want people knowing, thinking that Trump Tower is being built by black people. And, I, you know, I thought that's a pretty profound thing to, to say and have people understand. I wanted to get the book out before uh, the election only because I wanted, you know, as far as the racism is concerned, I wanted people that were of color to understand how important it was for them to get out and vote. 
and I wanted to show some things that had never been shown before. And I'll go back to the racism. I had um, a young man interviewed uh, for a position I had for a plan clerk, just a part-time thing. And I was I called the architectural school and asked them to send over anyone that was interested. So I uh, had this young man go to Donald's office on uh, at 735th Avenue, across the street from the site. And I was working on the site, and I said, I meet him in the uh, lobby. And I did, and I interviewed him. And it turned out he was a young black uh, architectural student. And um, he left, and uh, after he left, someone, I was about to leave. I guess the receptionist said, Donald's looking for you. So I went back to Donald's office, and again, he said, um, don't you ever do that again. I don't ever want to see this young black kid sitting in my lobby where million, millionaires are coming in to buy apartments. And, you know, again, this kind of thing, I didn't think people really knew about him. You know, it's one thing to say a Muslim man, and it's another thing to say I don't want a black man sitting in my lobby. Uh, so, you know, there's things like that, um, and there's more in the book. There's a ton of speculation about organized crime. I know that they, these industries tend to be very tied with organized crime. Did you see that? That the industries would be tied to um, the, the um, mafias of, of the organized crime? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, you know, it was long known that the concrete industry was, was pretty much uh, under the control of what, what you call the mob or, you know, whatever, organized crime. I know that Trump was fascinated by that. He, I think he liked the structure of it, you know, with the capos and the uh, and the Don and all that stuff. But I never got involved or saw him involved in anything having to do with the concrete. But we had a, a woman who bought an apartment in uh, Totown. She did a lot of changes to her apartment. Uh, I did the work for her, including putting in a swimming pool. And while she and she bought three apartments, she and Trump were very close for a while. After a while, it got kind of bad. And she was doing a lot of stuff, and she was not paying him, and he was getting angry about it. And anyway, it turns out that she was very, very close to the, uh, the head or the business agent for the New York's uh, Teamsters Union, which is very much uh, associated with the... Um with the organized crime. And so Trump seemed to like talking to this guy and, and working with this guy, but at the end, the guy held us up and we had to, <laughs> we had to do something. It's a long story that, that I have in my book. Uh, but he, he, he was interested in, in, in the mafia and, and how they worked. And then you can see now that, you know, he sort of uh, assumed that kind of role where he's got, he's like a, a, a Don, and um, everyone comes to him, everyone's under him, and, you know, that kind of thing. Um, and he rules with the, with the kind of hand that, you know, a mafia boss would rule with. There's been a lot of speculation that Russia, you know, bought apartments in the Trump buildings or that they had some, you know, that there was some kind of money laundering stuff going on there. Did you see that? Oh, you know, no, absolutely not. I, I was strictly in love with the construction. I mean, I knew the people that bought apartments and, you know, I, I was working on Trump Talent. It was quite a while before the Russian connection, so to speak. So I, I have no knowledge of it. I, I think everything that went on in Trump Talent was 100% legitimate. That's interesting. Barbara, you obviously saw Donald in times where he was losing. Right now, everybody's really wondering what it might be like and how he reacts to failure. Um, do you have any insight on what you think he might be going through right now? Anger is probably the primary um, 
uh, emotion he's feeling. I think that he expected to win because he sort of had it set up to win. I mean, he, he had all these Republicans making uh, changes to the, to the local election laws so that uh, people uh, that would probably vote for Biden were not going to be able to get their vote in or send their ballot or whatever. And he had all these complaints about the, um, the mail-in ballots, and he hired that Detroit, or I think that's his name, to, to run the post office. And they made this attempt at, uh, at doing away with uh, the mail-in ballots and, and making sure that they didn't arrive at the post office. I mean, it was pretty pretty obvious what he was doing. So he thought, I think, that he um, had that election in the bag because not everyone was going to get to vote. One way or another, the vote wouldn't be counted or, you know, the mail wouldn't be delivered on time, that kind of thing. And I, I think that he thought that that would that would deliver for him the, the, the election. Uh, so he was very, very angry when, he, when it seemed like he lost because he was expecting to win. That's my thought. He's probably a, a little bit despondent, but I think that his anger is so uh, much of a, a vital uh, emotion that he's not dragging around in the, in, the, in the White House. I think he's screaming. I think more than that, he's screaming. Uh, the thing with Barr yesterday probably infuriated him uh, terribly. Is he prepared to make a loss? No, he's not. He never made a loss before, and he's not going to make a loss now. Whatever happens, he will spin it. And, you know, he's already got the big spin on his big election. He's got half the country believing that. I mean, it's, it's beyond beyond my realm of uh, rationale that uh, that people could buy this stuff when, when you know, state after state says there was no fraud, and, and, and William Barr says there were no fraud, and the FBI says there were no fraud. But he's keeping his base intact, and he, he knows that he's going to want them for, for the future. And what, what he does with them is, uh, is we'll, we'll think. What does his anger look like? You know, there's this like typical picture of like a Northeast man who's mob affiliated that's punching desks and, you know, breaking things. Like, what does his anger look like in the past when you've been around it? Okay, I'll give you a perfect example. It's in my book, Tower of Lies. We were working in the Plaza Hotel and um, we had done a lot of changes and, you know, upgrading and stuff like that. New rooms, uh, some just painted furniture, you know, things moving walls and taking this spot, a lot of stuff. So we had were ready for dollar to take a look at the, what we call the sample room, which would be a typical room, one person room or, you know, a, a double room, but not, you know, a suite or anything like that. The suites were different. He came in and he was not in a good mood. I walked over with him that day, I think, and he, I could tell he wasn't in a great mood to begin with. And I met the decorator and um, someone else, I can't remember exactly who it was, and someone from security that would be that let, uh, let us into the rooms. And he didn't like what he saw. And he started the first thing, um, you know, he, he didn't like the, the furniture and he started cursing out of honor. He actually, there was an armoire which was supposed to have a, a TV set in it. And instead of the doors opening like doors, they, they sort of worked like pocket doors. So they went back into the furniture and you didn't see any doors. He didn't like that to begin with, but he opened out the door and he said, wait, what is this? What is this? Uh, using curse uh, words and crap and stuff like that. Pulled the door out and for some reason it didn't come out all the way and he shook it. He pulled that door right off the armoire. And I, 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 never, I, I never saw anything like that. He was so angry. We went to the bathroom and we had done this green marble which was from China and it looked very pretty with the white pictures but it was not like Vermont green what we had in the lobby of some talent. And uh, he goes in there and he says, what is this? blank. And I said, you know, Mr. Greenwald, who told you to do this? Uh, you're making me look like blank blank, um, yelling and, and screaming. 
And I said, you know, I went back at him. Of course, you marvelous. You, you prove this town. This is what you want. This is the cheapest one. I'm going to put women on me, you know. And uh, he was so angry that it occurred to me, I say this in my book, that he might hit me. Oh, wow. That's how angry he was. Because of the marble? Because he, he said, yeah, I wish I could use the words, uh, you know, that he used. But you're making me look like an idiot, and this is absolute garbage, and, you know. But I think, you know, things were going on in his life, and I don't think this was the only thing uh, that was on his mind. I think he had stuff going on with Ivana, and I think that he had um, financial stuff going on with the, with the casinos and stuff like that. So he, he just, he came in in a bad mood, and he just went crazy. He went crazy. But I've seen him lucid other times, too. Did you get the sense that he has been violent before? Violent? No. But you felt like he could be. It was just that moment in time. He was so angry. I never saw anyone angry like that. He was shaking. And why was he angry? Because the marble? <laughs> no, it was all the furniture. He didn't like the furniture. He didn't like the room. He didn't like the marble. You know, he, he saw this as a reflection on him. When people walk into one of his rooms or one of his brothers or whatever, they see Trump. He is Trump. And he didn't want that green marble being Trump because it, 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 it didn't work to his satisfaction. He was in a bad mood to begin with, so it just uh, it helped him get, get more in a bad mood. And yeah, it was because of the marble. There's a lot of speculation that he uses substances. Did you see anything to support that or no? Well, I, not that, you know, I, I'm not even sure it occurred to me at the time, but he was very, very moody. I mean, you know, watch one minute he was flying high and the next minute he was angry or depressed or whatever. I know that he went to a doctor that a lot of people use and I ended up using myself for diet information, diet guidance, uh, and who dispensed pills like they were candy. Maybe he was getting something from that. But I didn't have any any direct knowledge of him taking any substances. Do you think he'll have to be dragged from the White House or do you think he'll leave on his own? <laughs> you know, I don't know. He's playing with the military and I think people are speculating that he might be trying some kind of a coup. Uh, and if he did that, which I, I don't think he could do, it's not possible, but um, then he would say, but otherwise, no, he's not going to be dragged. No, absolutely not. The, the visual of that would be too much for him. You think he'll sort of go to Mar-a-Lago? Well, it depends on uh, on whether or not there are indictments against him. And I think if there's a chance of him going to jail, he'll leave before his presidency is over. Yeah. And, and leave the country. Oh, really? Well, yeah. I mean, if, if, if it looks like he's going to go to jail, absolutely, sure. All right. Thank you so much. This was really great. On that note, we'll wrap up this episode of The New Abnormal from The Daily Beast. In future episodes, we'll be talking with smart folks from The Daily Beast and beyond from media, culture, politics, and science who will help us understand what's happening to our country and the world. We hope you'll subscribe to us on your favorite podcast app and share the show on social media. We're just getting started and don't want you to miss an episode. If you'd like to follow us on Twitter, I'm Molly Jongfast, and he's The Rick Wilson. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll see you again on the next episode. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, 
Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.